Welcome. You're listening to audio from Life Church in Chico, California. We're so glad that you're here. Life Church's mission is simply to connect people to Jesus. And you can find out more about our mission and who we are on our website at lifechurchchico.org. All right, let's dive into this week's message. Uh, good morning. Uh, my name is Jeff Young. Uh, I'm the lead pastor here along with Carissa. And uh, it's just a joy to have you guys with us. If you don't know me and you're wondering, what is this guy doing up here on crutches? Well, uh, I can preach and not be able to walk. So that's what we're going to do. Um, I had surgery about almost eight weeks ago Tuesday. So I'm almost almost getting to recovery status. Uh, this next week, I should be able to walk without crutches. So be praying for me. I, I, that would be phenomenal for everybody involved in my life. Um, it's really unique because I... Um, I traveled this week and traveling while you're injured is never really that fun, but um, I was with a bunch of pastors, uh, part of the board of Foursquare. And so the pastors that we meet with on the board are just really incredible high-level leaders. I mean, these these people are leading really uh, big things. And and I, I find myself at this table of going, okay, Lord, this is, I mean, I'm honored. This is cool. But I'm also like, wow, this is kind of crazy. But it's so, such a beautiful picture of the body of Christ when somebody can have such, you know, lead thousands, but yet still says, hey, can I get you lunch? Can I get you a plate? Can I help you? Can I get the door? What, what do you need? Um, it was just such a good picture for me of what the church is uh, because these people could have lots of pride and be able to just simply just go figure it out. I've got bigger and better things to deal with than dealing with you. And they're like, can I get you coffee? Can I get you anything? And I'm like, oh, yes, please. <laughs> Um, you learn to say yes more often than you, you'd think while you're injured. But um, hey, we're, we're in this series called um, How to Church, and that kind of just opens up that, that uh, you might be leading something great, but you, you want to get bigger and smaller at the same time, like simultaneously. So we'll say this about our church, like our church will, will continue to grow, but at the same time, we want to grow smaller too. We want to have those intimate relationships with one another that really is the kind of the glue and the, the, the big sticky factor of who we are as a church, that matters. So when you come in the doors at Life Church, that you'll really experience, man, uh, whether we get to be a massive church or we stay this size, I could care less. It's God's church. It's not mine, right? So whatever, it doesn't matter to me, but we're going to love and pastor every single person that comes through the doors. So I, that's my heart and my prayer. So part of the reason why we're doing this uh, study in Ephesians, this sermon series all the way through Ephesians um, is to really talk about Christ's body, which is if you're going to break Ephesians down, you're talking about the body of Christ, God's instrument. So each of us individually, we're, we're our own body, but we're also used by God. In essence, we are his instrument. Use me as you will. Uh, whatever you want to do, Lord, I am yours. So I say that individually, but then we go to that next level as the body of Christ here at Life Church, and we say, we're your body. We've got different skill sets. We've got different giftings. We've got different things going on, which are amazing. And collectively, as the body of Christ, we are also your instrument to be used here in this community. So recently, I shared about how I really believe that one of the goals of Life Church, one of the maybe probably a big vision for us is how do we connect with every soul in Butte County? Well, that can't just be this guy's job right? It's got, it's got to be us together. It is, it is us. And then not only that, it is then also partnering with other churches, partnering with other nonprofits that 
that we can establish a connection point with every single soul that is here in Butte County. And then maybe by that, if we are able to do that, then, then what's next? Then the greater area of Butte, Butte County or, or Northern California or Sacramento. Do you think Sacramento might need a few healthy churches right next to the Capitol? Or, or San Francisco? Right? Like, this is, this is a bigger calling that the Lord has for us. So we're, we're, God's, we're, we're Christ's body, but then we are his instrument. So open up to Ephesians 5. Ephesians chapter 5, that's where we are. And goodness, I don't know about you, but I've been having a lot of fun, um, not just preaching through here, but also um, hearing from our other pastors. So if you, if you want to uh, go, you want to like maybe do a really good study through Ephesians, go back a couple of weeks and, and find where we started in Ephesians chapter one and listen to the sermons online and, um, and, and begin to go through this journey with us. Last week, um, I really kind of called it more like a family meeting. You know, the Roe v. Wade decision came out and, and I said, as grateful as many of us are, there's also a lot of weight that comes with this. There's a lot of division that is only getting further and further wide, right? And so I was actually more burdened because of the division. Not, we, we want life, of course. We want to care for every single life. But, but this passage that came up in Ephesians 4, 17, 18, and 19 was like, oh, Lord, you're like, you're a little comedic right now. You, you want me to preach on this passage? right after this. This is okay. So we're going to do this. So if you would with me, just real quick, it's not going to be on the screen, but uh, chapter 4, 17, 18, and 19, I just want to read it. And then it's going to give us a little bit of a recap as it helps us jump into chapter 5. He says this, so I tell you and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. And they're full of greed. So Paul is really saying here, like the first three chapters of Ephesians is really about the theology, like our working theology. Pastor Chris uh, I don't know if he, he stole that from another theologian, but I'm going to say that he said it because so, he's very smart. He called it a working theology. Like the first three chapters are, what does it mean to follow after Christ as Christ's body? Like it's just this working out. So I'm going to walk this out as I'm learning and growing in, in the word, okay? And then chapters four, five, and six are all about the practice, the believer's practice. So it's position. And then now we're in the practice. So now we're in anybody like real practical, like, let's get away from the heady stuff and let, just tell me what to do. I just need a to-do list and I'm going to go after it. Anybody, who's that? Who's that in the house? There's a few of you like, yes, please get away from the theology. I, I, I know it's important, but I don't know what to do with it. I just want to do what God's asking me to do. Um, this part is heavy though, because Paul is really saying, hey, um, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, here's the deal. This is what it means. And this is what it doesn't mean. So he has to really kind of like draw a line in essence. He's got to say, this is what you don't do as a believer. This is what you do as a believer. All right. So that's why we're going to be reading some things, even in this passage, 17, 18 to 19, chapter, chapter four. Um, it really talks about, man, the further you are away from the Lord, the darker it is. Okay. Spiritually, 
It's just a dark place. The light of Christ is not there. So the, 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 the further you get, the, the harder the heart becomes. And if you think about it from a creation standpoint, well, we, God created us, so he's given us a heart that beats, right, for one another, for him. He, that's the intention of our, of our emotion, of our spirituality, is, is a heart that to love God and to love others. But the further away we are from God, we're, the further we are away from his mission, to love God and to love others. So therefore, then it gets hard, okay? So what happens when it gets hard? This is a domino effect here that, that Paul's talking about. Once it's hard, then what happens is it, become, it loses all sensitivity. If you have lost sensitivity within you, I want to say this kindly and just maybe with a pastoral exhortation of pull back and invite the Lord to speak to you about why your heart is, 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 is numb. And then invite some other uh, uh, voices that know Jesus to speak to those places. And then pray. That, that's what would, will begin to soften those places of your heart. I don't, I, if I ever lose sensitivity, there's something else going on there. And my heart has become hard. And, and, and as a believer, and as, even in somebody in ministry for so long, it's easy to get a little crusty. Like they're just going to do their own thing, whatever. I'm just going to stay in my lane and just whatever. Just even something as simple as that. Or even with Roe v. Wade. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. No. No, we wrap our arms around every single mother, father, child. So don't lose sensitivity. So that's why Paul's like, don't live as the Gentiles do in the darkness. But because your heart's going to get hard and then, and then you're going to get numb. And then when you get numb, then what happens? Then you give way to sensuality. That's because it's the only thing you can feel. It's touch, right? And so you're going to go after sensuality, right? And you're going to do only the things that your body can feel, which is not the right answer for what's really going on in your heart. It's actually only going to make things worse, all right? So this is where we are. And that's why Paul says, I insist. He's like, it's almost like a charge. Like if I can't make you do it, I, you can lead a horse to water. You can't make a drink. He's not going to shove our faces in the water. Like, he's like, I just insist. I'm pleading with you. I'm, I'm asking you in the name of the Lord, stay with Jesus. Are we good? So now we're in chapter five, which doesn't get any easier. Yay! Welcome to Life Church. I was like, last week, I was like, I just, these are the hard things in the Bible that I'm not going to stray away from. Can somebody say amen, please? Thank you. Because I need a little bit of affirmation on that one. How come you're so mean? This is the, this is the word of God. This is holy. This is his word. How dare I come to the word and tell it what it should say? Not going to happen. So if you're a little uneasy with that, I'm sorry, but this is what we do in, 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 in the church that says, we're going to look at the word of God together and we're not going to stray from it. Okay? So chapter five. Uh, what I'm going to do here is I'm just going to read verses one through 20. Um, and next week I'll follow up with the second part of chapter five. And so I'm going to read through this and then we're just going to hit on some of these things. And you might keep on, you might like, flinch a little, t- a couple of times. Anybody read the word like pretty often then when you hit something, you're like, oh gosh, 
oh, I was texting a friend of, of mine in the church and, he, and, I, and we were talking about a different passage in the Bible. And he's like, well, could you imagine witnessing this? And I'm like, yeah, uh, go look at Ephesians chapter five, verse five, and tell me um, how I'm going to preach on this. <laughs> you know, like this is just what we do. So here we are. Uh, if something makes you kind of like flinch, um, this is a point where you invite the Holy Spirit to just bring clarity. Um, the word of God should edify and equip us. It should comfort us, but it also needs to kind of poke and prod a little bit because sometimes in our hearts, we need a little bit of adjustment. I never come to the word of God saying, you will, I will tell you what you feel about me. I come to the word with an open heart that says, teach me your ways because your ways are better. Your ways are greater. So here we are. I'm going to read one through 20. It says this, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now I could pause there and I could just preach on that. That would be the easy thing to do. We're going to continue. But among you, there must, must not be even a hint. Everybody say a hint a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for, the, for God's holy people. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Verse five, welcome to the hard stuff. For of this, you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Everybody breathe. (sighs) Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once in darkness, but, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes light. That is why it is said, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Verse fifteen, and be very careful then how are you, how you are live how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms hymns and songs from the spirit sing and make music from your heart to the lord always giving thanks to god the father for everything in the name of our lord jesus christ so there we we're i'm going to hit on a couple of kind of key phrases key things that that paul says here and again you have to understand he's writing to the ephesians he's writing to this church in ephesus rather and ephesus is is kind is absolutely 100% a very pagan society. Okay, they're going after all types of things other than God. 
okay? They've got idols, they've got gods, they've got all the things, they've got prostitution, they've got all, all, the, all the things. And if we take a good, healthy look at the world that we're living in, we probably say, well, it sounds pretty similar. They've, gods have probably adjusted, idols have probably adjusted, but reali- realistically, there's all of those things are still very much about um, darkness is thick. Am, 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 I, am I okay? Are we good? Um, so now Paul is trying to encourage us here. He says this, he says, follow, he says, follow God's example. Like this is, this at the like very beginning, if you walk away with anything after we get through five and all that other stuff, follow the way of God's example. Follow his way. <clears throat> and that is the way of love, Jesus. Okay. Jesus said a couple of challenging things. He said, excuse me. <clears throat> He said, if you want to be my disciple, what do you have to do? You got, you got to pick up, pick up the cross and follow after me. Well, gee, that sounds fun. Like, I, I, I don't want to fool anybody to say that, hey, once you say yes to Jesus, that it's an easy road. In fact, in many ways, it can become harder. It's definitely adding way more discipline into your life. It's cutting off things that are can be enjoyable for a moment. So you, you see the, the challenge here. So when you say yes to Christ, it is like, I'm, I'm actually saying that I'm going to be a living sacrifice. And that's why I have that scripture up there, Romans 12, 1. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers. This is Paul again, talking to the Romans who are also living in a really pagan society. He says, I urge you, brothers and sisters. Okay, he's talking to the church. Talking to the church. In view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is the way of life, is living a, a living sacrifice that sounds contradicting to one another, right? That I, how can I be a sacrifice, but also live at the same time? It's the principle of laying one's life down. That my ego inside, my pride inside, my, my, my desires of, of whatever it might be, that I just simply lay it all down at the creator's feet and I say, you created me, God. What do you want me as your creation to do for you? All right, so it's also humble thyself in the sight of the Lord and he will raise you up at the appropriate time. It's the same principle here, but it is a living, walking sacrifice. And everybody said, amen. Yay! (laughs) You know, what I found is, the, the, the more that you allow the Lord to lead you in this, right? And the more you lay down your life and on a regular daily basis, by the way, because our flesh always wants to chime in, always wants to say, no, 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 we don't know. No, that's too hard. No, that's too, oh, I don't want to, oh, ee. right? All the time our flesh wants to rise up. But when we lay that down and we say, the Lord, my creator, you begin to have a depth of purpose that you've never walked with before a sense of understanding that I, this is what God's asked me to do, all right? So follow and walk in the way of love. And then he says, as dearly loved children. So, so he kind of, Paul's like saying, hey, I want to heap it on at the beginning, follow after the way of Jesus. And, and by the way, you're dearly loved children. So then he can say some harder things at the end. You ever hear of that, like the whole sandwich? Like lots and lots of kindness and love, instruction. Lots of kindness and love, like, but we're, we're at the beginning here, but as dearly loved children. And what does it mean to be a dearly loved child? I love that the Lord always uses the, the uh, family as a picture in the word of God, as a healthy, 
living organism. This is his model for health. The family is model for health. It is so apparent that, the, that uh, in any culture you might go to, any culture you might go to, you will find that family is always a huge, incredible value. It's at the top of the line. Mama and baby are never going to leave one another. You see it even in, in animals, right? It's like, this is critical. And so it's a big deal. So that's why the Lord always uses it. And Paul uses this picture as family as well, that God, it's God's intended purpose for every person to be part of a family, okay? But as a dearly loved child, this is what you are, your love. Think of a really healthy family. This is what I would love for my, if you were to ask my children, what are the things that you get from your family? <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have you ask them that. That they're loved that they're known, that they're cared for, that they're connected, that they're nurtured, disciplined, instructed, disciplined, instructed, disciplined. Discipline is love in the right context. Don't ever stray away from discipline. In love, it is, it is the best thing. Taught, vested in, and valued. I mean, that is, is what I would love for my kids to leave. When they leave the house one day, that they'd say, man, these were the things that they got from my house as a, as a dearly loved child of Jeff and Carissa. Will we miss the mark? Absolutely. And we need all the grace that we can possibly get. A lot of you maybe, or some of you, may, may have not grown up in such a, a family that you have received something like that. So it might be a little like, I don't even know how to like get that. But that's why... We, the, the Lord and the word of God uses the Christ body as God's family. So when you're lacking in your, your real family, this is where you should be able to gain it back. That's why we can't be selfish. That's why we've got to have eyes, older, older friends in the house. That's why you look behind you and see who needs a mother or a father? Who needs somebody to, to just take them to lunch and encourage and, and just simply love on? Buy him some tacos. Can I get an amen? That's why moms and dads who are, who are a little further ahead can look below. Like, it's just this constant like, care that we would be the body of Christ together. That's why I also have that scripture, John, 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has, in, has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is that there's this lavish, this just pouring over, washing over, just that's how much the Lord loves each and every one of us. So he goes on then, welcome to verse three. And he says, don't even have a hint, not a hint of three things specifically. Yay, sexual immorality, impurity, and greed. So Paul's saying, hey, here's some heavy hitters that you really, really want to like have no, as a believer, as one who says they follow Christ, as one who is, has been saved, has, has Christ, has the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. These are the things that you really need to like have no hint of. And I think about, like, I was thinking about just different analogies, right? It's like, don't even, like if there's a campfire, it's almost impossible not to smell like a campfire after camping, right? Like you just have it all over you, like no matter what. You have to be really far away from the smoke in order to not have a hint of smoke. All right, so, so you have to like have due diligence to keep space and keep distance from these things because, oh my goodness, it's so easy 
to, keep, to, to come in. So this hint, it means stay far from, run, avoid. Do not give any opportunity. Um, I, I, I was a big runner. I hope to be again. But a lot of times in my big runs, I would, I would, I love all the trails, right? And so oftentimes I wind up on kind of not, not scary or anything, but just places where if I went too far, I'd be really on a scary cliff, right? And I have to be able to understand and read the signs that say, hey, don't go within 10, 15, 20, 30 yards of this, or else, you know, you might, you might die. And I don't want to do that. So I maintain my boundary and I say, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to risk it. I will have no hint of that. And by the way, I just am not friendly with like looking down, you know, hundreds of feet of, of, of uh, cliffs. But I, I just don't want to have that. In First Thessalonians, Paul says it like this. He says, reject every kind of evil. So this is like that, no hint of. It's a standing up inside. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to move. I'm not going to budge from this. In James, it says this, it says, but each, each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, see another domino effect here. Once desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death, which is actually, the, the picture of that is a stillborn. And that is tragic. All right, so that's why we just really want to maintain these boundaries. All right, so he says, no hint of sexual immorality. I'm just going to hit on these three things really quickly because just due to time. Sexual immorality is, is, this is where we get the word porn and pornography. It's pornea in the Greek. This is, this is exactly derived for that. We live in a perverse generation. I don't know if you've noticed that. But so is Ephesus. We, we've had the sexual revolution. We have sexual celebration sexual freedom, sexual ideology, sexual education, sexual darkness, sexual pressure. Like it is just in your face. Anywhere you go, you turn on TV, you turn on the internet, like it's there. It's it's illicit uh, sexual intercourse, anything outside the bounds of marriage between a man and a woman, right? That's biblical. So that's sexual immorality right there. So not even a hint, not even a hint. Then you have impurity, and that, that means unclean or dirty, which is kind of rude, but it's also like, that's where you go, oh, okay, Lord, here's my heart. Like, is there anything there that, that needs to be washed away by, by taking communion, by taking that blood that, that you say, Jesus, you're washing me clean. You're washing me free. That's, what, that's the beauty of communion, right? That's the beauty of his forgiveness. Um, we have a call to purity as believers. It's not, uh, it's not stay away from impurity. It's a call to purity. It's a big difference. I'm just going to, I'm going to kind of dance around all this stuff. No, no, no. I'm going to be pure. And in my purity, I'm going to refrain from sin. Any sin makes you impure. So I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to push that away. And I'm just going to say, I'm going to walk in purity, both physically and spiritually. I'm going to have no sin that pollutes or defiles myself. And we all stumble and fall. We all, we all do that. So then I go to, the, to the, the throne of grace of Jesus. And I say, please wash me. And he says, I got you. Let's go. You're free. And I have to talk about greed. Uh, because it's so easy to talk about all the bad, gross. Things. And then there's greed. 
we often just kind of glance over. We kind of wash over, kind of just like push off the side. Oh, yeah, 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 greed. If you are not careful, greed will take over your life. I'm not kidding. And I, as I was praying about it, I was, as I was thinking about it, I think it might be one of the most justifiable sins in the church. It's so easy. Oh, if I work 10 more hours, okay, I'll, I'll make it. Oh, if I keep on working hard, I'll, I'll get to that spot. Did God call you to that spot? Then he's going to make a way. See the difference? Greed is this, to have more at any price. It is, it's, it's where it, you, you become so eager for any type of gain that it will, at the expense, it will defraud others. Friends, family, coworkers, social networks, whatever it might be. You are eager to gain. And it's not just financial. It also has a lot to do with power. It has to do with authority. It has to do with uh, structure environments. Like I just want more, more, what does it profit a, gain? a man if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? Remember Jesus saying these words? That's confronting greed right away. The antidote to greed is generosity. Friends, I'm telling you, the, the heart check, thinking about tithe. Again, we're talking about the Bible. Tithe is a, it's a spiritual biblical principle. It's nothing to run away from. In fact, it's something to, it's an act of worship. Giving a tenth is a, is a part of a biblical standard of, of I'm, I'm coming to the Lord. Watch when you tithe how your heart changes. Because you'll begin to see the Lord still take care of you and care for all the things. And watch and see how your, your, your actions, how, how you think, and how you see things completely different when you begin to tithe. I'm just going to offer that to you. It's not just about money. And then greed is blinding uh, to anything else. It's similar, I think, to pride. Those who are full of pride have a very hard time seeing. Uh, Greed can often do the same thing. It kind of puts blinders on because you're so focused on gaining more and more and more at the expense of anything at all. Okay, so then he says, these three things, they're improper, improper for God's holy people. Uh, And and we, so again, we have as a a believer, as a body of Christ, we have um, what I would say, we have a hold uh, we, have to, we have to have, excuse me, and hold a holy standard. Be holy as I am holy. This is what the Lord said. So again, it's be pure. Be set apart. This is how I, I would say being holy is set apart for a specific purpose. God has a specific purpose for all of us individually, but then as a church. So I'm going to be holy in that regard. So I will have no hint of these things because they, once I, to start participating and engaging in sexual immorality, impurity, greed. And, and there, by the way, there's other great lists in the Bible. Once I go down that road, I lose my holiness in the Lord. And so I have, to, I have to come back to the Lord for that. So he says, you can be sure of this, that we are, uh, we are all guilty, by the way, um, because we're born into this. Ephesians 2, 4, and 5, and then verse 8, it says this, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, um, Sorry, I, I missed that. I didn't have it on my notes. Let me go back to it real quick. I know you have it on the board, but I don't. Um, <clears throat> four and five, but because of his great love for us, dearly loved children, by the way, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. Okay, so 
So we're all guilty. So when I'm talking about these things, I mean, we've all had a part to play in some of those at some degree. So therefore I come to the feet of Jesus for forgiveness, right? And he shows it greatly, even when I was dead in my transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Okay. Here, here's what I want to say in verse five. Let's go, go to that real quick. And, and then we'll probably close out here in a second. Few, oh, not a second, but 15, 30, 45 minutes, an hour. Se- second service will just join us and we'll just continue on. How do we try to preach through all this? Okay, I want to hit this. Verse five. This is a sobering moment, friends. This, this, is, this is why we need the gospel. Okay, verse five. For of this, you can be sure, no immoral, impure, greedy person, those three things. Such a person is an idolater. Okay, so, so they no longer worship God. They, they worship these things. They become their idol. Has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God? I, I, my, my next one on there is, is, why are we shocked by this? You know what? Like there is a heaven and hell. This is the reality. You read scripture. It, it's very true from beginning to end. There's, there's a savior in Jesus, but there's also the tormentor in Satan, the devil, right? There's, there's light and there's darkness. There's life and there's death. So when we come to a passage like this where it says, hey, look, th- these are not going to go well in the kingdom of God, right? Let me just pose it this way. This is a question I kind of thought through as I, was, as I was preparing this. If you can justify it on earth, would you be able to justify it in heaven? Right now, you're probably, oh, I'm fine. It's good. I'm all good. It's all good. I mean, I'm just trying to make a few bucks on the side. Come on. That's never going to flow in the kingdom of heaven. Right? So, so if it's a yes and a no, then, then we've got a real problem. That I've got to let go of something in order to grab hold of an eternity with Jesus. And I so, so want to, this is a sober moment, but it's the reality. That's why we need a savior because there is sin that we have to deal with. And when I say we, I mean Jesus, right? Isaiah 61 says this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. And Jesus, by the way, quoted this in Luke. says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim Good news to the poor. We were all poor. We were all lost in our transgression. And Jesus came to proclaim this good news for us. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness the prisoner. This is why Paul is so um, upfront and so maybe strong in his language. And it's not just in Ephesians. It's pretty much in every epistle he writes. Every letter that he writes, it's very strong. He says, I insist. He says, have no hint of these things. Like, Like, just decide for purity. Don't walk and bounce around and dance around impurity. Just decide to be pure. Um, it's improper for God. Uh, holy people. And then later on, he says, be, be very careful with these things. Be very careful. Then finally, he says this, and maybe we can have the worship team come back up. I'd love that. 
we can close out in worship. I'm going to do that. Sorry, worship team, if you're like, oh, okay, we're going we're gonna to sing deliverance. It's going to be great. Yep, that's good. Um, I'm going to close out on this. It says this in, in verse 18. Don't get drunk on wine. Hey, there's a line. He doesn't say, don't drink. He says, don't get drunk on wine. There's a, again, there's a massive difference. Okay, but still, he says this. That's not even part of the sermon. That leads to debauchery. Instead, everybody say instead. Be filled with the Spirit. Can we stand? Be filled with the Spirit. What, 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 is the, what does the Holy Spirit do for us? Check it out. I, I didn't even have time to go to all the scriptures. But if you go to John 14, 15, and 16, you, go, you look through Acts. I mean, you get to see a picture of the Holy Spirit that is incredibly powerful. I just started writing out a list, like one after another. Here's, here's I'm just going to read. This is what being filled with the Holy Spirit does. He leads us. And I, I, maybe as we begin to worship, as we begin to enter into this moment of worship, this is where I'd say, what is the one thing that you need from the Holy Spirit? I think the Holy Spirit set, gives us our boundary line. The Holy Spirit is peace, but he also gives peace. That's what Jesus says. He empowers us. He emboldens us. He directs us. He teaches us. Oh, by the way, he guides us to all truth. In a world today that is so full of your own truth, we need the truth. And the only way I'm going to hear the truth is from the word of God and the Holy Spirit directing me to the truth. He confronts us. He convicts us. He reminds us. He comforts us. He advocates for us. And oh, by the way, he produces this fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. So Paul is saying, hey, look, it's easy to get involved in all those three big wigs, big, big hitters over there that we just talked about. But wow, if you just be filled with the Spirit, invite the power and the presence of the Spirit to fill you to overflowing, that you would experience the leadership of the Holy Spirit in your life in new, brand new ways that lead you, that, that you hear the voice of God because of Him, that aligns your heart and your mind with, with, with Scripture and with the, with the Lord and His character. So let's worship and respond however you feel like you need to.
Thank you that your love defeated the enemy. I, I just, I love that in this perspective that we're living in today. Lord, it's not, it's not a debate. It's not an argument. It's not my ways are better than your ways. It's, 
Lord, your love defeated the enemy. It's your love that you had for one all of us in this room and in the entire world, Lord, that you gave your one and only son on that cross. You gave him in love that defeated the plans and the purpose of the enemy. So Father, I thank you that you are a God of deliverance. So Lord, I thank you that you can deliver us from every type of evil, Lord. You can deliver us from any type of bondage. You can deliver us from situations, Lord. We pray right now, Lord, that whatever might be happening in our lives, Lord, that as we look to you, your, your love would bring freedom. Your love would cast out all fear. Your love would, would eradicate all darkness, Lord, that light might shine, Lord, that life might live in Jesus' name, Lord. And so we say, Lord, have your way in me, have your way in us. Lord, thank you for your word that continually gives us our, our true north that sets our hearts back on on track, God. So Lord, I pray that if we've been dancing around the, the life of impurity, God, I just ask that you would help us understand what it's like to live a pure life, that I'm no longer living the ways of the world by the spirit of the world, but I'm living by the spirit of God that leads and directs and, and speaks truth to my life, the one and only truth, the way, the truth, and the life. In Jesus' mighty name. We love you, Lord, and we just pray that over our church in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, we love you guys. If you want prayer for anything, we'd love to pray with you. But if not, we'll see you guys next week, and uh, we'll see you later. Have a good one. Thank you for listening today. We hope that this week's message encouraged you. Life Church meets every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. here in Chico, California. You can also listen to us online during our 9 a.m. live stream. We would love the opportunity to connect with you, so please visit our website, lifechurchchico.org.